Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. The word of God. Our ears are open. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Go, therefore, and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember... I am with you always to the end of the age. Go, therefore, and make disciples. The scripture passage from the Gospel of Matthew is known as the Great Commission. It's what Jesus is leaving with his disciples. He's been resurrected from the dead. He's about to ascend to heaven. And he says this, this is the most important thing you can know. Go and make disciples. As Miss Candace just said, it was for those disciples 2,000 years ago, and it is for us here today. I heard one preacher say, this is not the great suggestion. This is the great commission. This is who Jesus calls us to be and what Jesus calls us to do at our core as his followers, unequivocally. Go, go and make disciples. This is why the mission of the United Methodist Church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. To make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. So the big question becomes, how do we do that? In the fall of 2020, your church council had the annual strategic ministry retreat. A significant part of the retreat was to take time in real prayer and discernment and to set some goals for 2021. Those goals came directly out of the church's newly discerned vision earlier that fall in 2020. We are a wellspring of love and hospitality. We seek to build life-changing relationships nurture spiritual growth, and foster service through impactful partnership. One of the goals to help us fulfill this vision is to create what's called an intentional faith development system, or a discipleship pathway. 
These are kind of fancy, churchy ways of saying we want to get clear on how we define exactly who we believe a disciple is. It's one thing to say that word a lot, but do we have some common language about what it means to be a disciple? And we wanted to get clear on the characteristics of what it means to be a disciple. And then create a system for how we can help one another grow in our faith journeys, as well as welcome newcomers into the life of the church, help other people grow in their life of faith. This church already does that so well in so many ways. The goal was to start to put it together in a system so we could all see it and have some common language and make sure that who we are and what we're doing is helping people grow on that journey. So we formed a team who started to meet in early January of this year to ask these questions. That process was bathed in prayer, study of United Methodist resources that help churches create these systems. We looked at systems in other churches. We examined the gifts and the ministries of our church here, where they align. And friends, what started as a three-sentence goal last fall, a little over a year ago, through a lot of hard work and discernment and the infusion of the Holy Spirit is now this faith flow system that you have before you in your bulletin. Now I will say in the intervening time, there was a seven page master document. So the Holy Spirit was also involved in an editing process. I wanna give thanks to the team that diligently and prayerfully helped craft this process. Um, Amy King, Mary Falsiglia, Kyle Taw, Candace Johnson, Jay Horton, who was our communications coordinator over the summer when this was coming together, actually put the words and the vision into this beautiful graphic that you see here. Elise Thomason made this painting uh, that we've got to guide our worship life and our discipleship together. So as you can see, in this, you have before you this faith flow system, and on one side is the definition of a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ who grows and shares and serves in faith. So as a church, we start to have a common language and understanding of what we mean when we talk about discipleship, a follower of Jesus who grows and shares and serves in faith. On the other side, you can see the characteristics and the practices that make up a life of discipleship. Worship, connect, grow, serve, give, and share. Each week in this six-week worship service, we'll take a deep dive into one of these different areas of discipleship. So who is a disciple? A disciple is a follower of Jesus Christ who grows and shares and serves in faith. And how do you live out your life as a disciple? You worship, connect, grow, serve, give, and share. So why flow? Why is this system called a faith flow? Well, first, the water image ties to our vision, and it ties powerfully into our history as a church. Our vision is we are a wellspring, a wellspring of love and hospitality. And that spring image comes out of our history. As many of you know, the church started as a Methodist camp meeting right around the spring here, and the Methodists who gather called it Sandy Springs. It's now in what's known as Heritage Green, right across the way. They gathered for worship, for fellowship, uh, for revival in the name of the Holy Spirit, and more and more and more people came. 
And the camp meeting became so impactful that the Spruill family donated the land we are on now in the 1850s so that there could be a permanent church on this site. If you're interested in the history, there's a book and displays in our Heritage Room. Also, if you go to Heritage Green, I don't know if you've been there, but you walk around that lovely park space and near the spring, um, there are some signs out there that tell the history of the Sandy Springs Methodist camp meeting. So we flow, we flow in our faith because of our past history, because of our present vision and where God is moving us forward connected to that. But this image isn't just a clever or gimmicky tie-in to our vision. We also prayerfully chose the flowing image because we recognize that the journey of faith, it's not linear. It's not a ladder that only goes one direction. It's not an escalator that you can't get off of. We move along our faith journey in different ways and in different times in our lives. For example, as you look at the faith flow, you'll see that the characteristics are here on the side, but then on the top are kind of the stages of growth that we all experience. So seeking faith, beginning in faith, growing in Christ, and maturing in Christ. You may find as you start to look at this faith flow, really pray about it, that you may say, you know what, I think I'm really mature in my worship life. You participate regularly, watch online when you um, are out of town or if that feels safer right now. Maybe you serve in worship as a choir member or a liturgist or an acolyte. But maybe when you look at giving, you say, you know, I need a little help to move along towards maturity. Or maybe you're somebody who serves regularly as often as you can, you take a leadership role, but you find when you start to look at share, inviting other people into the life of faith, talking about your own transformation in Jesus Christ, maybe that's hard to do or you haven't done that in years. We situate ourselves in different areas along here. And it's also flow because if you're like me, you may find that your life of faith doesn't always just go in one direction in one particular area. We don't reach maturity in a discipleship system put a check mark by that and we're good to go for the rest of our lives. You may have had a season when your prayer life is really firm and solid and grounding you. You get up early to read your devotions every morning. You keep a prayer journal. You pray for others and the needs of the world. But then life happens. Maybe you have a schedule change and mornings aren't free anymore. You get a diagnosis. Healthcare needs consume you. You start to care for other folks. Maybe you experience grief. And all of a sudden, you start to realize, you know, my, my prayer life has slipped down the list of priorities. That's why we have this here. It's why we have each other to kind of continually check in, not with any kind of shame or judgment, but to help one another see where we may be flowing and what direction and help each other continue to move. Because what's most important about all of this is that we do it together as a church. As we talked about in our Belong series over the last six weeks, Christian faith is not an individual endeavor. There is much that we do on our own in our life of faith or in our own household, certainly. But we help one another. We help one another shape those practices. We give each other resources and tools and opportunities to engage in the life of faith. Maybe we hold each other accountable. We create a safe space for grace when we don't have it all together. 
And this isn't intuitive. We're not born knowing how to do this. As a church, we're here to help each other know what to do and to practice and how to be, ultimately, so that we continue to be transformed by the power of Jesus Christ over and over again in our life of faith. So we have some common language and tools for reaching outside of these walls helping other people grow in the life of faith with practical ways that they can grow in discipleship. You may find, friends, that you are on the maturing end of most of these areas. Amen and amen. What an opportunity, then, if you find yourself in the maturing area to say, I would love to journey alongside some other people who may be seeking or beginning. Because mature disciples, mature disciples make other disciples. Our fervent hope is that this faith flow is one way that we as a church can live out the Great Commission. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Now, if what it does is live on this page for a six-week series and then goes in the recycling bin or looks really pretty on our website, which it does, by the way, all this information is on our website, and it's in much larger font, um, so you can look there to read it there as well. But if it just lives on paper or on the website and doesn't result in actual disciple-making, all of this is for naught. This is a living and a breathing system meant to help us fulfill our mission together. So you'll also be hearing over these next six weeks, not just about each characteristic of what it means to be a disciple, but about some concrete ways that each of us can get involved in these areas in our church community. Now, of course, when we were seeing this um, imagery and language really start to crystallize and come together kind of late, late spring, early summer. We had great hopes for the depth and the breadth of the in-person ministry that would be possible uh, this fall. We were all naive, right, to how COVID would rear its head again. And yet, we still move forward. Uh, we still move forward in all the ways that we can, as safely as we can, uh, while also engaging in discipleship opportunities. We are especially excited to be kicking off Refuel midweek experience this Wednesday. Uh, midweek Wednesday experience isn't new here, but it hasn't happened in a few years. This um, team, this discipleship team that formed this faith flow system, decided that this would be a wonderful way for us to hit a lot of these areas and get people engaged in multiple areas of discipleship. We connect through fellowship, time, eating. We're going to do that outside right now for COVID safety. We're going to build life-changing relationships by being in community regularly with each other and over time. And we're going to grow in our faith by engaging in study and spiritual practices. Children and youth will have their own programming outside. We're going to have an adult class called We Have Seen the Lord, which compares the resurrection narratives in each gospel. And it's an opportunity for us to share, to invite other people to come and to be a part of it. Say to your friends, you know what, you don't have to cook on Wednesday night. You can come here. You can meet people. Come, fill up your body and your soul. I do hope you will come. Uh, we do ask that you sign up by the end of the day tomorrow. You can sign up for dinner and programming or one or the other. 
Uh, Emily's going to order our food Tuesday morning, so we need to know by the end of the Monday if you plan to be here. You can do that online. You can call her in the office. And we actually have on a welcome table outside during the kickoff a physical sign-up sheet. So if you'd like to do that as soon as you leave worship, you can do that. And we'd love to save a place for you and see you there. So today, in addition to rolling out this faith flow system to kick off the fall, we are looking at that characteristic of worship. One characteristic of a disciple is someone who engages in worship. You are here today or you are watching us online, so you know, you know that it is an essential part of what it means to be faithful. In fact, worship is first. Worship is the beginning of the life of faith. Now, you may have entered into a church community through another way. Many people, especially today, do so through fellowship or service. But worship is central to our life of faith because it reminds us corporately, week after week, who we are and whose we are. It's set aside time for praise, for lament, hearing scripture and singing the doxology, praying new prayers, reciting old creeds, receiving bread and wine and the waters of baptism, growing spiritually and giving generously, connecting and sharing through invitation. Each week during this series, we have a prompt, you can see it in your bulletin, about the certain characteristic. Today is for you to think about what draws you close to God during worship. Again, on that same welcome table outside, you're gonna find these water drops that are cut out. And you are invited your response to that prompt on the water drop, put it back into the basket, um, and then over this six-week series, you'll start to see a visual that will be created so that we can see how our faith and what's important in our faith begins to flow together. Because here's the thing, we can serve, right? We can grow, we can connect, we can give through all kinds of different institutions that we are a part of, and those are good things. But for us as Christians, what shapes those practices, what shapes us as followers of Christ, it is the central practice of worship. Worship gives us the why, the why for why we do all of those other things, through remembrance, through embodied ritual of why we do what we do. We experience the living God here and now. We fill up our cups in this place so that they runneth over into our weeks into every other area of our lives and our practices of discipleship. The great spiritual writer Annie Dillard says that often, she says, Christians are too tame when we show up for worship. We may go through the ritual with low expectations about how God might be present and might transform us. She writes this, she says, it is madness to wear ladies' straw hats and velvet hats to church. She says, we should all be wearing crash helmets. Ushers should issue life preservers and signal flares. They should lash us to our pews. For the sleeping God may wake someday and take offense, or the waking God may draw us out to where we can never return. I love this image. It's convicting, isn't it? That we should be wearing crash helmets to worship, expecting to be moved by the living God in a way that changes us, shakes us up, transforms us, all of that so that we can go out of this worship space inspired with every fiber of our being to heed that great commission 
answering the call of Jesus with a renewed passion. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. May it be so. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.